Welcome into the I-80 Club. I have no name for this. It's a Thursday night, but we are back, back. together. Josh Peterson, Jack Mitchell. Jack, the last time that we did a live podcast, I don't even know what day it was. When June was something. It? Would it have the been? The middle of June? It would have been a Saturday, probably. The Saturday Good before. Good Lord. Or was that when I did the one with Caleb and didn't record it? That's right. It's, I think it was. Yes, because yeah, so I had the was, College World Series. So it would have been Wednesday... Uh, the 14th? Crap. Wednesday the wow. 14th? Is that right? Jeez. Yeah. Dang. That's crazy. Dang. It's been a That's full a long time ago. Month after we spent a calendar year, Josh, uh, doing this two plus times a week. I mean, yeah. I mean, just talking to each other more than the women that we live with sometimes. Uh, yes. Well, and John Bishop and Caleb and for me, John Bishop. But, but John Bishop. Here we are after a month, and it's nice because coming into tonight, I mean, I don't know where we're going to go exactly. I know kind of yeah. where we're going to go, but I have a feeling there will be lots of places, lots of places to go tonight. Yeah. Um, both that we want to go, wherever the discussion goes, where you guys point us to go in the chat if you're listening live. And if you're not listening live and you're listening to this a few days later, you could have been listening live by going to patreon.com slash i80club. And for the low, low price of $5 per month, you can access our Discord and you can access the live shows where you're a live studio audience. You participate in them. Every single show that we do, any other shows that we have on here, uh, which who knows what's going to come during the football basketball season as well. But that's one of the things that you get. And if you can't be there live and you're just like, ah, I'm kind of a podcast guy. Well, you get the podcasts as soon as they're done. So tonight we're recording at 830. Uh, it should be posted by about 945 tonight and you'd be able to listen to it while you go to bed tonight. So those are the benefits that you get. Uh, the Discord is a lot of fun, too, if, you, if you've never been on Discord. Especially, especially with Twitter breaking every yeah. five seconds now. Yeah, we've had a lot of discussions on here, and I think a lot of our club members have kind of substituted, and I know I have, too, in a lot of cases, substituted our Discord for a lot of the stuff that you used to do on Twitter. Um, it's, you know, it's, it's, it's better than a message board. We do, obviously, a ton of stuff on Husker Sports, but if you're into other stuff... You can mm -hmm. jump into that stuff with other people in this community who are, we are, um, we're, we're back. We keep gaining a few members, Josh. We are back well over a hundred, I think. So yes, we are. Yeah. Yes, we are. We and you few. know what, Jack, Tom yeah. tomorrow, one year anniversary of the club beginning July 14th anniversary. And we were going to roll out some of our new uh, things here pretty soon. And Josh and I are going to work on them here in the coming days. And so, yeah, I'm hopeful we can do that quickly. I think we might even hit some of them first in the boardroom, but, um, that is, uh, those are our, those are our $10 patrons, but yeah, we are going to tell you about some of the new things that we've got planned, uh, that are going to be good things that are going to be exciting things. No changes that you're not, this isn't like a, you know, 600 tweets per day sort of thing or anything like no. that. No. So yeah. Yeah. That ain't happening. Yes. All right. Well, what should we start with? I feel like we, I feel like just because it's such a big thing and I kind of want to move on to more fun other things, I feel like just we get just get the Pat Fitzgerald stuff out of the way. Yeah, hit it. And I don't know if you guys are, maybe you guys are tired of it or maybe you guys have another angle that you want to hit with it now. But the news, other than, I mean, they, they named the defensive coordinator the interim coach tonight. So, Josh, I feel like other than the lawsuits, all of the news is kind of done for the time being with this, and we move on from everything that happened over the last week. 
Yeah, I, I just don't know what there is more to say about it right now. Um, you know, I think everything's kind of been hit. If if they had announced the suspension originally, um, you know, a couple weeks ago, or yeah, last Friday, if they announced like, hey, we're going to suspend him for half the season, I think we all kind of move on, right? I think, I mean, we all are interested in, hey, so what? Yeah. What happened? What's going on with point. these with these players? But yeah, I, I just I think if that happens in that moment, I think we move forward and we don't really like they, they, he's still their coach today. And yeah. so I think that's kind of the crazy part is just how, how bad Northwestern botched it. That's the thing I keep holding on to, I guess. I've thought about how Northwestern botched it, but not necessarily that way. And I think that's a great point. I think I don't know for sure. But I think you, there's a possibility that people would say, oh, shit, he must have done something really serious. If he's yeah. getting half a season, if it's what five games or yeah five games maybe or something like that, and they would have been dang, that's a real punishment in, in in context. But it feels like you couldn't go from the two weeks to that with the way it happened. If you did the five weeks and you were a little more forthright about what the report said, um, yeah, maybe maybe you could have gotten out of this whole thing in a better way. Yeah, and that's among many problems that were intertwined in the way that the university handled this, particularly the president who's been on the job, I think just since uh, Jan- uh, January, is it? He's just yeah, been on dude, the job. Yeah, it's, it's oh, no, nuts the beginning how of green. last school year. The beginning of last school yeah. year it is. Yeah. It's nuts, Jack, how green so many of the people involved in Northwestern oh like athletics are now. So, you're, I mean, first of all, they're going to have a new baseball coach because they fired him today. Um, their, their, their interim coach, he just got hired, I think, in January. Um, yes, to, that's to what be I was their, thinking. That was yeah. January. And, yes. And the president and, and athletic director are not that old either in terms of their, their time with the, uh, the, the program. So it's, it's wild. Uh, just kind of when you think about it from that perspective, I'll also say this, Jack, before we move on, I've been a little surprised at the culture war nature of this, if if you will, if that's like the right way to describe it. I, I, I figured, I guess, when, when the news came down that everyone was going to get to their battle stations and it was going to be kind of usual people on this side and usual people on this side. And like, I think there have been a couple of the typical folks on one side or the other. I've been surprised, though, at the number of, of people that I would have expected to say softness of society, that, that that kind of stuff, that were like, this was gross and disgusting and he deserved to be fired. Huh. Um, I, I, I think the sexual nature in all of this, I mean, thankfully turned people off in a real, real, real strong way. That's interesting. I, saw, I mean, yeah. I still feel like I saw some of that, but they didn't really articulate it the way that that you're and, – and the critique had to do more with – the critique had to do more with – kowtowing to the angry mob, basically, right? I think that was the critique I saw from the battle stations, as opposed to, we've gotten soft, we used to do this, blah, 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 right? So yeah. I think that's where the critique kind of moved, which is ba- which was basically, you know, the, the forgive me for saying it, but the angry woke mob made this decision. Yeah, uh, yeah, exactly. And the president didn't have any cojones. There wasn't as much as of that as I expected there to be. Yeah, there was yeah, there was more of that, but not not as much of the the other part that that uh, that you were talking about. And yeah, you're you make a good because in in the end, like, what would you if 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 it had come out? I don't know quite how to set up this hypothetically, but if you had a, a, a release that Friday where they did s- suspend in five or six games, and they gave a general description of what was happening with the hazing without quite as specific as came out in that article and said that we believe that the 
you know, he wasn't aware of it, but we believe he should have been aware of it. And for that, we think significant punishment is merited. Do you think you would have come out of that and said, that sounds about right after after that? I know it's hard to think about. If they would have done how many games? Five or six. Yeah, I think so. Probably. I mean... Because I, I mean, I'll be honest. Like, I don't know if this was the the right move. It it doesn't bother me. I mean, I think that I think the thing that I keep going back to whenever whenever I've had this discussion with somebody, if like this was the right call or not, is that it wasn't just that he was like complicit. But if the reporting is correct and the investigation is correct, like he was actively involved in stuff. Like, I think there's one thing to say, like, oh, the coach ignored it. Um, there's another to say, like, he knew it was happening and allowed it to happen. There's like, it's something else entirely. If he was doing the whole clap thing and, and like, Hey, this is the freshman that you need to go, you know, do Do something weird. Right. Yeah. Like that's, I think that's the, that's where it crossed a line. It went from hazing culture and like football players run amok to, Oh, never mind. The coach was literally involved in, in what was happening. If that stuff is true. And we never found out exactly what was true about that either. So it's hard to have a. So it's hard even now to have a full, complete opinion on the whole thing. Um, but more, just getting more, I guess, to the, I don't know if it's fun in this case, but but to the football part of it, first of all, how buried is this program right now, and how long are they going to be that buried? Do you think? Buried. Dude, I'm stunned. I did, you see the Andy, did you see the Andy Staples take where he was like, they're going to be fine, it's a Big Ten job? <laughs> no, I didn't. I don't, I, I, I I couldn't don't feel believe that it, way at all. I mean, I think it's going to be five years. Yeah, I, I, I couldn't believe it. I I couldn't believe it that, that, like, I get it. They have a ton of money, like, props to them. But come on, like, I just, I don't know. I, I th- This is a program that has had a horrific history. And having a little, you know, extra money now because they're in the Big Ten, like, Jack, there's going to be 16 teams in this conference in a year. Someone still has to finish in 16th place. They can't all be a top five program because they have Big Ten money. So I've been blown away by those people that think, like, yeah, they're going to be just fine. They're going to they're going to get, you know, they're going to have big 10 money. They're going to hire a great coach. Like, ah, okay. I don't see that. Someone just linked Stanford in the chat. Jacob did. Stanford I think is going to suck right now. Like uh, why why is Northwestern going to suck for a while? Yeah, it'll be interesting to see what Northwest apart from this whole thing what Northwestern's kind of NIL situation is and I admit I don't know anything about it, where it is or where it's going at this point, but that's obviously relevant in this whole thing. But I think Josh and and they may get a you know, I don't know who they'll go for the coach, and we can talk about that here in a second. But it's it's even less that that I just think Pat Fitzgerald was so tied up in the identity of that community and that school um, that I just think there's some some grieving and healing that yes. is going to impede them for a while. Um, yeah, I, and I think it's going to be a while till a lot of. I think it's going to be. I mean, it's already hard to recruit there. And it's going to be hard. It's already for hard to while. win there. It won't be forever. It won't be forever to be hard to rec- to recruit there. But it's already incredibly hard to recruit there. And and maybe they have the benefit of hey, it's Northwestern, and so you're getting this degree. So that's a huge thing. But this year's going to be a. I mean, this year's it's going to be a. Unless this defensive coordinator pulls something incredible off, this year's going to be a record like last year. Jack, they were gonna they were gonna to fight super hard to make a bowl game with the best coach in program history. Like, yeah, yeah like this. I think this is gonna be a brutal, brutal year for Northwestern. I think it's gonna be really difficult. Um, what kind of? Uh, I see somebody mentioned David Shaw in uh, in there. You said uh, definitely not to David Shaw. Yeah. Why, why do you say that? And do you have anybody else or kind of, even a prototype that you think? No, I, I mean I say no to him because I mean he got out 
while the going was getting tough at Stanford and, and I think Stanford's a better job than Northwestern is. Um, he was a guy that really took a step back. I think if we're going to see David Shaw again, we're going to see him in the NFL. Um, if we're going to see him again as like a head coach, he was, I mean, he's a, he's a Stanford alum too, though. Like he, yeah. there was a lot that kind of went into that, that higher and the success that he had. But I mean, I would he, call dude, him he is, by the way, if I'm Northwestern, I would definitely. Oh yeah, call him. for sure. Yeah. Yeah. He's regressed big time, I think, you know, so I, I don't I, I just don't know if that would be a right fit as, as far as like who I would kick the tires on. This is such a unique job, man. Like this isn't, you know, if Texas A&M opens. I, I, I can come up with names. Florida opens. Nebraska opens all these schools, Illinois, you know, there's Northwestern is unique. Like I, I've never been alive for a Northwestern. Co- oh, I've been alive. I've never been cognizant of a Northwestern coaching search, right? Like Randy Walker died. And they made Pat Fitzgerald the coach before that, you know, we're talking about nineties football. And so I, they've never had to do a coaching search in the modern era. Clint says, honestly, military coaches, that's not a bad idea. Yeah. You know, I think there's a few directions you could go. There's kind of a few genres people are talking about for coaches. There's the one that David Shaw's in, which is academic schools that have had success coaches who have led academically yes. uh, rigorous schools that have had success. That's number one. Number two is another one that was just mentioned in the chat. Paul Chris's name was thrown out there. Somebody else said Jim Leonard. Big Ten Experience, the Big yep, Ten yep. Experience group, number two. And then number number three would be something like, okay, the military uh, school. You know, uh, we have, a, we have a, a channel just for one of these coaches who could be uh, could be a candidate in there. Hong Kong. Uh, yeah, Hong, Hong Kong. <laughs> Josh says the club will blow up if Monk is yes. tired. We're going live oh, to yeah. Sam for an entire day. Uh, <laughs> if Monk so is, many memes, but, so many so many photoshops. Like honestly though, it, I mean it'd be kind of interesting if they did that. I don't know if they will, but uh, but it also you know, it also does the thing too, Josh, where it feels like it goes in the complete opposite direction with this ultimate idea of discipline and honor and those sorts of things. So I don't know. They talk, the former Navy coach, Ken, and I'm not going to say his name right. Coach Ken? Yes, Coach Ken. Thank you. He's been on some of the lists that I've seen. Monken, of course, could has been on some of those lists as well. You talk about guys who have been at academic schools. It's uh, people don't think of it like they do Stanford or Northwestern, but Tulane is a sneaky, rigorous academic school. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Could you, I mean, that's a call I would make. That might be the first call I would make is for Willie Fritz. That would be interesting. You know, you're right. Tulane. I remember when I learned that that was like an academically difficult school to get into and it wasn't, you know, like, I I don't know. I just never, never would have thought that they were a tough school to get into. Yeah. I just, I wonder how, how like a Willie Fritz, how any coach views it in terms of like, do they view it as a dead end job? I, I, I like the history of the program says that it kind of is, you know, they've been on a nice little stretch lately. If you go back to the nineties and Gary Barnett. And so I guess the question is, is this who Northwestern is now? And that's a program that is not what they were in the eighties and they can have somewhat consistent success. They can go to bowl games, um, and you know, they can rise up and win nine or 10 games in, in a, in a given season. Like, is that what Northwestern is or have they, and, and like, this is really going to lessen the accomplishment of the university, but have like, they hit on a few really good kind of perfect hires in very quick succession over the course of, you know, 25 years. And now the, you know, the check is on the table, right? Like Gary Barnett, what he did, Randy Walker kept it going, maybe not to the same heights, but they were still a good team. 
And Pat Fitzgerald has, has been not as his ceiling has not been as high, but he has been a very good coach and he won their, the program's first bowl game since the forties, you know, it's like, maybe that's what Northwestern is. I, I am a little dubious because I think, especially with the latter, I think that he just knew this place better than anybody. Um, and I, I mean, I thought, I thought he was a good coach, but maybe, maybe I'll be proven wrong. I mean, if they got a, like a Willie Fritz type hire, I would definitely have to reevaluate kind of my, my short and long-term expectations. And the chat seems to be skeptical. He would go there and I am too. Yeah, I'm I just, would too. I'm just saying if I'm making a wish list, if I've got a hot board or whatever we would call, I forgot what there is that a hot board. Is that what yeah, he, and I'm, I'm a Northwestern fan. He would be, man, for me, he would be at the top of the list. I don't um, think that's a bad of, idea in terms of somewhat realistic coaches, but that may be an immediate no for sure. There's no well, and about this, Jack. How much are they going to pay? Right, like the the Andy Staples reporting says that there was forty two million dollars left on his contract, and which is why he's you know obviously taking him to court. So they paid him a lot. Will they pay the next coach a lot, or was that the 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 homegrown son that they were paying that kind of money for? Yeah. So I think that they they they're going to have to answer that question. And for the record, we're really not going to be able to know because they're a private school, so we right. won't have the uh, the actual data. They can, It'll be reporting and whatnot. They can pay them whatever they want. Will they, they can is yeah, another they, question. Yeah. Bingo. They can Bingo. name their number, and maybe it, maybe they'll say maybe there's enough fan interest in this team that they can convince administration and say, hey, let's uh, we got this billion dollar endowment, uh, you know, so we're fine. Let's figure out how to how to really invest financially in this next coach. And if there's somebody who doesn't want to come here, otherwise money might change their mind. So I I, I don't know, and I don't even know what the perfect perfect situation is um, at this point. I really don't. I don't think they'll go the military route. I, you can go to like an option thing. I don't know. It just doesn't. It. I don't. I feel like they. I feel like that athletic department is going to feel like they don't need to do that because they've had some level of success without doing that kind of stuff. And yeah, I know it's a different situation now, but I have, I have real doubt that they'll go that way. I, I really, yeah. don't, I don't think they will. Um, yeah. So we'll see. We will see. But I, and the other thing that'll be interesting about that is the timeline of the whole thing, right? We went through, yes. we went through Nebraska last year with like the longest coaching search in history. Northwestern's going to add uh, two months onto that. Yeah, you know what it's going to remind me of? And and it's funny because Matt Rule was involved in this. That was the Art Bryles to whoever they had after Art Bryles for one season um, after he got fired. Jim Grohl, uh, Jim and then Grohl into right? the Wake Forest guy. Was it was it Jim? Was it him it was, for a year? I thought it was Jim Grobe that came down there. Which, might by the be way, right I thought they might call him to go to Northwestern. Yeah, so yeah, Grobe was there for 2016. Um, and then they hired Matt rule. So like, I think that that's probably the situation that we're looking at the team. Wow. I forgot, Jack, they started six and oh, that year under Jim Grobe. And then they lost six games in a row and then they won their pool. Oh, really? Game. Wow. That is wild. That yeah. So that, that'd be my guess. It's going to be one of those types of situations where it's just a long, long drawn out process And like, there will be interest. Like I'm interested in what they do, but Obviously, there will be nowhere near the fervor of like a Nebraska coaching search because ultimately is it is Northwestern. It sucks to fire a coach, but coaching searches are so fun. They are a lot. I mean, fun. but they they're also there. You're really impatient, but you kind of look back on them with kind of a, a I don't know, sort of a fondness about that time in your life when you're when you're just desperate for information constantly. You have an emergency podcasts and all of those things. So. Um, but nonetheless, I'm glad ours is over too now, but someday we'll get yeah. to do it again. It was fun to do the, uh, the emergency shows last season though. That was a good time. Yeah. See, Ferrell says the coaching search. I had 80 podcasts were the absolute best. Yeah. They were fun. Yeah. Yeah. 
The one that we did out of nowhere with like 10 minutes heads up. And then we had like 50 people in here on a random weeknight. Like that was awesome. That was so much fun. Yes, absolutely. All right. So I think that should put a bow on uh, Northwestern does Nebraska. We have them in Lincoln this year, right? Is that right? Northwestern. Yeah. Yeah. Because they, the Ireland game was a Northwestern home game. Yeah, so. that'll be in the second half of the season after the bye week. Yeah. Oh, after a bye week too. Hang us. I don't know if it's after the the oh. bye week. I just know it's after because like the bye week comes at the literal middle point of the Regardless, season. Regardless, hang a seventy burger on them. Do it. Do it for do it for Ireland. Do Jack, it. it is. It is. They have they have Illinois on a Friday night bye week. Oh, boom. Gosh. Northwestern comes to town on October twenty first. I got Nebraska thirty seven point favorite in that game right now. Thirty seven. Nice. So no, thirty seven and a half. That'd be fun. There it is. It's going to be, uh, yeah. Onside g- g- kick to start the game, you coward says. <laughs> Alex, as, uh, do it. Do it. Be, oh, Josh did the same thing. Uh, nice. I don't mean to so ignore your, your comment, Josh. That would be so good. Oh, that would be great. All yeah. right. So we got that out of the way. Mm-hmm. Unless anybody else has anything else to uh, to say. About that, man, it's isn't it crazy, Josh? This is, I mean, we are right in the dog days of sports radio. College World Series over, NBA over, right? Um, you're yeah. you're probably three weeks until you can feel like you can really sort of talk about well, it being the preseason. Me- media day is in two weeks, though. Two weeks from today, two so weeks. like okay. I feel like we are in practice. Yeah, started. Yeah, we're really, really okay. close. So you're to, in the like, you're at the bottom of the barrel right now. Yeah, we John and I have done dumb summer radio topics this week. We ranked every one of Tom Osborne's teams. We did that earlier this week. <laughs> um, that was classic. We were going to do a schedule topic today, but then um, we ended up. I don't know. We, I love summer radio. We talk about dumb nothingness. I talked about uh, coming to grips with being in my mid thirties in a very positive way, a very, you know, age positive discussion on the show today. So that was nice. That's yeah. Yeah. It's Uh, it's, it's, it's mid July. I didn't hear it, but your segment on people's last favorite Huskers, uh, least favorite Huskers made quite, Oh yeah. Made for quite a discussion in the channel, in the discord. Yeah. What did you think of that? Well, I didn't hear the, I didn't hear the story, but I did. I did oh. have fun reading the reading the comments and the whole thing. I don't know if I have a least favorite. I don't know if I have it. The the comments ended up mostly being about Corey McEwen and Kenny Bell. Was yes. I, was that yes. was on your show too? People talked about it on your show too. Yep, yep. Those were the two guys that came up first. Um, and John, honestly, he said, "I don't really remember like hating anybody or there being least liked Huskers when I was a kid growing up and being a fan. I don't either. So I don't really. Yeah. And, and he thinks, and I, I think we all agreed, like part of that is because you guys were, you know, Nebraska was so good. <laughs> so you didn't really ever have that. I thought like Corey McEwen and, and Kenny Bell, I think they represent specific eras of Husker football and kind of why people um, like dislike them. I mean, Corey McEwen, I think is probably the easiest pick, right? Like, pushed a guy into the end zone for a touchdown. He got emotional and, and said it's hard being a college football player. And, and like people just, I mean, first of all, it's 2007. And so we were at a different place as a society, and but I also got, think people were, and he got worse as his career went on. Didn't help either, but yeah, Court, dude, he peaked as a sophomore. He absolutely peaked yeah. as a sophomore. Uh, Gino Pino says I was completely oblivious to the bell hate. Yeah. I think a lot of people were surprised that his name came up. I was not, I'm not um, no, cause I'm he, not. yeah, he represented the bow era 
for better and for worse. Like he was super talented, really good. Um, I know some people didn't like him because he <laughs> he check. said like the 95 team wasn't the best of all time. Yeah, um, it, there's two reasons. Yeah, that he said he got all, he got loose on Twitter early in his career. Yes, about yes. The form about Colorado stuff and Nebraska versus Colorado when he played for Nebraska. I can't remember the exact tweets, but he drew some ire for that. And then the the second half of that is what you referred to is he went to bat he went to bat harder for Bo. At the yes. times that Bo was most disliked more than yes. any other player. And, and, you know, there was a lot of stories, too. And, and we got a couple of these comments the other night. People who ran into him at, at bars downtown, I never heard a good story about him. Like, it was always oh. he was super annoying. He cut a lot of people to get into a bar. And, like, there was, like, the bro aspect of Kenny Bell that I think people just despised. Um, but that was a lot of people my age, for the record. That we're hanging out downtown. Yeah, that's so. interesting. Yeah, but he yeah. he also was like I don't know. He also was just really smart um, and creative and and that kind of stuff. And 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 I said this in the chat too, Josh. This is interesting. Like if you zone in on my my son's generation, like like within like a few years of him, they're Rex Burkhead and Kenny Bell. Those are their two guys. Rex Burkhead and Kenny Bell all the way. Mm-hmm. And I wouldn't and I wouldn't be surprised if Kenny Bell was higher. Like if you talk to his friends and the kids I grew up around that were his friends, he was so popular among kids, um, which is, I think, um, I think we asked Johnny on the podcast and I think he said something like Levante David, which is stupid because I doubt he could even remember Levante David um, as being his favorite player, but it was, it was Kenny Bell. That's definitely who his yeah. favorite player was. So, but anyway, he's a, what, you know, nothing, nothing is Kenny. I, I think I had him on my show once and he was great. So um, yeah, we had him on the yeah. drum once. He was great when I had him on. So I got nothing. I got nothing against. I mean, I disagreed with him on Bo Pelini, but other than that, I yeah, got nothing, nothing against him. And yeah, the and the only other genre of player that you could have in that conversation is guys who just drove you crazy on the field. Okay, th- th- I thought you were going to say like scumbags, like actual no, scumbags. The, the opposite. No, just drove you. Well, I guess that's another one too. Like Richie Incognito. Uh, yeah, I guess so. Yeah, like. Like that, and and I'm sure somebody might say like Christian Peter or something like that. But yeah, yeah, but absolutely. I was thinking just the opposite, just guys who are on the field. So your Santino Panicos of oh, the world, brutal. Uh, yeah, and, and a similar one like that. That I'm going a little bit further back, but who is old enough to remember Joe Walker? Uh, oh, I remember Joe Walker. Yeah, and the critiques of him for for the way that he returned punts and kicks too. He got well. I remember from that era, Jack Irwin Sweeney. Erwin Sweeney, yes. Oh, that's a good one. And I, he got burnt all the time, right? And he's the guy who burned me in high school. I played against him. Yes, Erwin. That's a great one. Yeah, Erwin Sweeney. Sweeney. I was. There are people who are yeah. still there. I still have friends. That's a great one. People my age will still talk about that 1998 Texas game on Halloween, right? And oh. talk about Erwin oh. Sweeney. How Erwin Sweeney played in that game. Brutal. Home winning streak comes to an end. Forty plus games against Texas. You know, Very sad. I'll, I'll give you one. I'll give you okay. one that was that that maybe not so much anymore, and you might have to go back to the time that it was happening to really appreciate it. Jamal Lord. At- oh, we, he he definitely came up. Oh, the did other he? Day. Okay, okay. Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But how there's been like a re uh, a reevaluation yes, of his career. Hundred percent. Yeah. Yes, but yeah. he was. I mean, people could not stand him. Could not no, because then you know he followed the guy, and he was the first quarterback in a while that didn't win. 
what, conference title at least, yeah. a national title. I mean, I like mean, it, it, he was he was the beginning of that era. Like everything just completely changing. Sam Keller was probably on that list. Oh, for a while. definitely, uh, definitely. The quarterbacks are easy, obviously. Yeah, Josh Got says I list. had a healthy hatred of Joe Daly. Daly, okay, Joe Daly. People forget he ran out of bounds at the end of the my, Southern Miss game. I don't know that he. I didn't know that he was his least favorite player. But my dad could not stand how Mickey Joseph carried the ball when he ran. <laughs> Classic dad talk, right? Yeah, like, could, didn't tuck that the ball, football in, under your could arm. Put that football under your arm. My dad, he would run the option, and Mickey would hold it out in front of him. That's awesome. Um, and he complained about it constantly. I remember. Yeah, small hands. Yes, he said that too. I don't know how he knew, but everybody said he had small hands. I don't. It was the that's way, so funny. It was this dad complaint about. Oh yeah, what are Mickey's doing? Hmm. Wonder what he's doing. <laughs> that's a question. <laughs> Masturbator, my dad had an unexplained hatred for Mike McNeil. Wow, I've never known ooh, anyone ooh. to say a negative thing. I loved Mike McNeil. He was a great tight end. That well, reminds good tight me. End. I've got great. one. I've got one. Okay. J.B. Phillips. J.B. Phillips? I'm sure he's the nicest guy in the world, but I still, to this day, believe if they had had a better quality tight end in that offense than J.B. Phillips... The Callahan regime would have went complete. Would have went very differently on offense, at least. And they tried to use him for all these little tight end passes. And I was like, "Quit throwing it to JB Phillips. Why don't we have a you know a pro style tight end, a Brent Jones, so to speak?" Because that was my reference always to the San Francisco 49ers of the '80s, and Brent Jones was their tight end. And we have JB Phillips. Always got frustrated with JB. Interesting. Wow, I've never heard anyone say like that about him. Masquerader hated Mike McNeil. That's the one, that's the most random one. <laughs> Mike McWorthless. Wow. 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 They're always was solid, man. But you, you will. Numbers. It's interesting because you will watch a game with someone or be at a game, and haven't you ever come up to somebody who's just got an irrational hatred? Oh of yeah, a, of a player. Oh, yeah. You're like, I don't really feel well, that much disdain for that person. Maybe it happens in basketball more, but it happens too in football. It's hilarious. All right, real fast. Uh, and then I'm going to give you another name. So Mike McNeil in 08, he had 442 yards, six touchdowns, 09, 259 yards and four touchdowns. And then 346 yards and one touchdown the last year. He dude, he averaged 16 and a half yards per catch in 2010. Um, so he had over a thousand yards here. Here's one that I, the a college friend of mine, despised absolutely despised Zach Lee like he <laughs> hated that guy more than any player ever and I was like really that Zach bad? Lee like I get it if he's not your favorite but he just like couldn't stand anything about him that bad wow yeah didn't John didn't didn't uh, Bishop always complain about Dan Alexander on your show after yes he, he hated got, the way he ran and then you guys had him on your show and he wouldn't ask the question. I was I was like, are you going to make fun of how he runs? He goes, oh, yeah, definitely. And then he when, didn't do it. When we watch our Colorado games for Be Kind Huskery 1, which is probably coming up pretty soon. Yes, when we watch, it is. When we watch the 99 one, we get, to 99 watch, game. we get to watch Dan Alexander run like a little penguin, but run so fast that Ben Kelly can't catch ben, him. Yeah. First play of the game, he scores. He has that touchdown. Yeah, where he outruns a sprinter. And he, but he didn't even stride out at all. He ran like a penguin. It was am- yeah. It was amazingly weird. But it worked. It's so freaking oh. funny. Oh, my gosh. Josh says, I'll never forgive Carell Buckhalter 
for fumbling at the one yard line yeah. against Texas in 1999. We would have gone undefeated that year. That reminded me of, of that's why I saw it. Reminded me of, of uh, Dan Alexander there. Yeah. I am. I am very but, upset thinking J- about the 99 Texas. Jacob game. said something earlier. Bigelow bomb said uh, something about when I mentioned basketball, he said something about he could, uh, I'll, I'll host the Ted talk on hated basketball players. I bet you could, for those who are really into basketball, I bet you could go way deeper for some reason on basketball players. I could at least that I couldn't stand. Don't you think Do you got any examples? Oh my gosh. Um, <laughs> yeah, let's see. Uh, Matej, he talked about him on the, on the uh, channel the other day. Uh, Kavas, the, the three point shooter. He was here for a while. Oh my gosh. Josh Alonso verge. I got to go back. Ver- verge has been, I mean, my goodness. There's- How did you feel about Petaway? Oh, I mean, I, 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 I was because he, you know, I was pro Petaway. I was pro Petaway just because of, I mean, he made his mark pretty quickly. So I was pro him, but you know, or like, but like Pitchford in the next year, I was like, what that I felt that way. But it yeah, feels like, ba- like it feels Pitchford. like basketball players. It's way easier to do that with. I don't really know why, but it feels a lot easier. Camp back. People are saying Anton Gill. I kind of liked Anton Gill. Yeah. Anton Gill. That's a random. Jeez. <laughs> Jacob had a front row seat to some douchebags on the first miles team I was with. Man. <laughs> yeah. None of them were personal for me, but yeah, there's just guys who get in and like, don't shoot. Well, Breitenbach, don't freaking shoot. Set no. shot threes. Yeah. Stop yeah. it. Stop yeah. it. Yeah, that would probably be. There's something about the nature of basketball and how it is easier, I think, to hate players. Um, It's like the shot decision-making is a huge problem. Yes, yes. Like the decision-making and poor decision-making just seems so much more obvious. Like you have a front row to it, right? Like it's just easier to see all of the dumb mistakes. And, And I think there's something to be said for like, not having helmets on. You can see their facial expressions. But yeah, basketball, I think because at its core, basketball is very simplistic um, in terms of like, hey, run down the floor, shoot the ball, make the ball, play defense, like rebound the ball. You know, it's very simplistic at its core. And so like when guys do dumb stuff in basketball, it's infuriating. Yeah, 100%. 100%. We got another, <laughs> Josh, I don't know if you saw it today in the Oscar uh, football channel, but um Pass the damn ball and corny and me got into another in-depth discussion. Oh, I saw of how good is Minnesota. <laughs> I saw again. I'm still blown away at like, I get it. You don't think the big 10 West is good, but how you always view this from the Nebraska perspective. And you never will be like, also Nebraska might be a bad team too. I like just, they also might suck. Listen, we got it. We can go. You're through just both unable sides. to do it. Even the no, last few years, we can go through both sides. We focus my goodness, we have this whole thing where we focus on Nebraska. It's time to spend some time on the other team and address some of the misconceptions about them. And misconceptions. Yes, misconceptions. Yes, correct. Misconceptions about the team that Nebraska is playing. Notably that they were, you know, they were 9 and 4 last year and that was an impressive situation. Go back and look at their record. I mean, go back and look at their game against Nebraska. Go back and look, I get it. You were absolutely right. You're absolutely right about Nebraska. We have no idea what we're going to get coming out. Maybe more so than any, I mean, I don't know if we, do we feel this way before the first Scott Frost game, before the Akron game, they got canceled and the, uh, 
the Colorado game? Like, did we feel like, man, I ha- I just have no idea what we're going to get with this? Or we were were we super optimistic? I think we were optimistic. I thought they were going to make a bowl game. Um, I thought I thought that they were going to be like a better coach team, and they were going to be, you know, they were going to make mistakes. But I also thought that they were going to like have the opportunity to to I don't know. I just thought it was like obvious upgraded head coach and coaching staff. They're going to be much better. <laughs> so. Yeah, I think so. I think we were like a you know six, seven, eight win team somewhere in there. Yeah, I don't know for sure. Though. I can't remember either. I just, I there's there's a part of me that feels, despite you know my brand that I'm overly optimistic. Like there's yeah. also nothing that would really surprise me though. The first game in terms of how in terms of how Nebraska looks, like the, the so like you wouldn't be surprised if Minnesota won by twenty one points. Uh, well, Minnesota does suck. You have to factor that in. Or may suck. <laughs> may suck. But Nebraska, how they look, just how they look. Um, I mean, and a huge part of it is, I don't know how the defense is going to work, how it's all going to yep. gel. And I don't, yep. I feel like I still don't know about Jeff Sims. So, like, yeah, like I don't, I just don't. I have no idea if Jeff Sims is a three or a nine, right? I like, I still, I have no idea what I feel, what I think he is. And I'm not going to know until I start seeing him play, but I feel like he could be a three and he could be a nine in anywhere. In three. And what of, is that? What do you mean? If he could I'm, be a three, it's just could, out of, 10, could be a nine ranking out of 10. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That was a weird thing yeah. to do, but that's what yeah. I'm trying to say. Like he could be, he could be a like below average, you know, turnover situation, whatever, like that wouldn't surprise me because it feels like we've seen that over and over with Nebraska quarterbacks, but he also could come out like, and we could, we could, I think there's a part of me that has enough trust in rule, like going all in on him that thinks, well, there must be something there. So it's going to finally come out. But then there's part of me that looks at his Georgia tech stats and yeah, I'm the same way. There's a part of me that thinks he's going to suck. Like, that's why I have no, that between that and the defense, I just have no clue what to expect. I have none at all what to expect. I think part of it too is, you know, like I got pretty plugged in with the previous coaching staff, like not with the staff itself, but just like with learning things. Um, And it's been quieter on the front um, this, this year. And so I'm, I'm very like, I'm excited for fall camp to start, not just because it means we're closer to the season and not just to read practice reports. Like, I'm excited to hopefully hear some things through the grapevine and, you know, then be able to share them here in the IED club. Subscribe today, patreon.com slash IED club. Um, Cause I just want to know what he is. Like, I want to know what Jeff Sims is. I want to know about his decision-making. I want to know, like, seems like he's a pretty good athlete. I, I, you know, the, the big takeaway, Jack, like the one takeaway that I still have thinking back to the spring game today is he looked like a quarterback. And I don't know if, if that, what I just said translates well, but like he dropped back and it looked normal. He didn't do, he didn't have a goofy motion. He didn't have a goofy way of running. He threw the ball. Like it just, it looked normal. And man, we haven't been able to say that all the time around here with quarterbacks. Like we've had some real goofy guys that we have covered or rooted for at that position. And it's like, that's the thing that I guess I keep thinking back to And Eric says it, just keep his ass healthy. hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. 100%. So I, I just can't wait to hear how, like what he is, because when, when I feel like I have a grasp on what Jeff Sims is, I think that I, that will kind of 
push me over the top of they will or they won't make a bowl game. You I know, agree. that's it just comes down to him. I agree completely. And, and, and you know, there was there was talk, and I think Brendan's right. He said it's a rosters without playmakers, so it'll be a yes. slog. But, but I also think Jeff Sims could be the playmaker, too. He might. Yeah, that, he could that's be. That's the nine situation that I'm talking about. Like it, It's kind of like with Casey last year, you know, in, in a bunch of the games we were comparing teams, but I always harped on the fact I was like, Nebraska's got the better quarterback in this game. And that's not everything, but in most of those Big Ten West games, when he was healthy and he was playing, Nebraska had the better quarterback in the game. They did against Iowa in the last game that he played as well. That's possible again this year. I don't know if it'll happen. That's possible. But it may need to be that Sims, and this goes to exactly what you were saying, Josh, you got to see who he is before you have any idea of what this team can possibly do. And this team may require him to be the playmaker, the primary yeah. playmaker on offense. And Yeah, I, I mean, dude, if 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 the, who was it that said that? Uh, Brendan. If Brendan's right. You know, and for the record, I'm with Brendan on this. I, I am very concerned about the lack of playmakers. If he's right, Jeff Sims is going to kind of have to do that stuff. Yeah. If, if Brendan and I are wrong, then that the, the the margin of error of Jeff Sims, like it just changes in a, in a positive way. And so that is going to be something that's really, really important. Also, obviously, in fall camp. To Brendan's question, who's even a candidate to be a playmaker? To be a playmaker? Uh, I mean, Sims, Sims uh, we've talked about, obviously. I think he probably, I, I agree with Brendan. I don't know about Sims. He might be he might be one of those people. Um but do you, that, view, do you even have anybody that you I still Xavier Betts is the only one that I that comes to mind for me. Yeah, he's definitely like my like a I don't know if dark horse is the right word, but someone it's like it'd be really cool if he could contribute well. Do you how do you view a guy like Billy Kemp? He had sixty seven catches in twenty twenty, it's seventy four in twenty twenty one. Like it's I don't if if like I, is is he a playmaker or is he just a guy who could catch the ball a shitload? You know, that's the the latter is you know not having seen him a ton, but watching the spring game, I got that sort of slot receiver type mentality situation yeah. in my mind with him, which may or may not yeah. be right. But um, yeah, that's, well, DW, I think he puts it well. Kemp is a chain mover, not a playmaker. In yeah, my that's, opinion. that's I think that's a great I, way to describe. I could it. be wrong on that. I mean, I'm not an expert on him, but I've sort of pigeonholed him there. Me right too. Now. Me but too. he would be important. He would be an important complementary piece to a playmaker, and and a yeah. valuable, a really valuable. I wouldn't say he could be the most valuable piece too on the yeah. offense as well. Leighton says uh, Fedoni. May who know maybe that'd be badass. So man. I said I said I said uh, Sims could be a three and he could be a nine. Fedoni could be a one and he could be a ten. I mean, who knows? Legitimately, who knows with him? I have no idea. Yeah. He could be anything. I think we know what we have with the offensive line. I think you you know I don't. That's I am buying stock in the offensive line. I think there's you you just you got to see how much improvement there is from last year and how much having a. A, a new center in there helps have help, help having a new offensive coordinator, the play calling that goes for it. But we know what we have. I don't feel like I'm going in blind on the offensive line, but well, no, yeah, you're getting guys back from injury. You're getting guys back from suspension and they're going to have a starting center that has played major college football before. Like I, I, I it's funny because Stu Maggi just said blasphemy, Josh. Look, I am buying at a very low price with the offensive line. I feel like, but I am going to purchase stock in the offensive line. I think that they are going to be solid. Okay. Yeah, I don't. I don't know. I don't know. But it's not going to move a ton from where it was. I don't think. Um, you know, I don't think there's a long way down to move. Frankly, fair, um, dude. Great point. Yeah. But I don't think it might be a. They might be a little better. Um, hopefully, they are. Then, then you go to the running back situation, and like 
Is Ugh. there, I don't know, like we're all down on it, but there's so many guys and they were so high on Gabe Irvin and, and you know, Frost staff was high on Gabe Irvin too for a while. We haven't seen him much. Maybe, maybe he does have that potential to be more of a playmaker than we realize. I don't know. I don't know. I think we know what we got in eye tests now. Um, you know, man, he looked bad at the end of the year. Despite looking, he looked so, horrible. Man, watching that Iowa game really cemented it for me, Josh. Yeah, with just how bad. And the eye test suddenly went away. He has. He, there's a new eye test with that Anthony. Am I yeah. right? I, the eye test. It was still the eye test. It was just a different grade. Yeah, he didn't pass it. Yeah. So, Pearl says, "Are you like super down on the running back group?" Yeah, I just they need. They need somebody to emerge, and I don't think that Anthony Grant is that guy. Um, DW, I still have every time we call my test. I don't think that anyone calls him that except for us, which is awesome. I think that it's so fun that it's become a thing in the club. Um, like Gabe Irvin, people seem to be high on Gabe Irvin. I just, I don't know. I, I just, Jack, you know how like every position on this team um, is kind of in prove-it mode with a lot of fans and especially offensive line. I think I'm that way with this running back group where I, I have heard too many times Gabe Irvin's the guy and Ramir Johnson's the guy. Like, I just need to see it. I, otherwise, I'm not going to believe it. Like, do you even, but I, I mean, like, think about the NFL, Josh, how running backs are so sort of interchangeable sometimes. And yeah, there are a few elite ones, right? There are three, four super elite running backs, but what does Nebraska need out of that position exactly? Like out of running back. Yeah. I mean, they're not, I mean, none of those guys is, is, I mean, barring something completely shocking going to be an all, you know, an all conference player, I don't think. So what is best case scenario for the ceiling for, for that group? Is it, I mean, to me, it's Gabe Irvin becomes the every down number one and Ramir becomes a true change of pace back. And they're both and Gabe Irvin is rushing for a thousand, you know, 1200 yards. Uh, during the course of the season, and stays healthy, and then they they use Ramirez in the passing game and that kind of stuff. And then you got the other guys to give some other carries, but but Irvin becomes a bit of a workhorse. I think that's the best case scenario for that group. Well, twelve hundred yards. I don't. I mean, I don't. I don't know if I see that from one guy. Like that would be nuts well, if they have Anthony a twelve hundred yard rusher. Thousand last year. I know, that's a good point. I guess you're right. Uh, DW says fifteen hundred yards between three guys. Best case. That'd be solid. If they were able to get 1,500 Which, yards between three guys, like, I'd take that. I'd, I, Jack, I would sign up for that door number one versus the unknown door number two right now if I could get that immediately. Yeah. That's a solid season of running back yards, in my yeah, opinion. I guess that's, yeah, that's a number. It's, like, good enough. I'd be, I'd be curious how they got that. See, there's somebody's – see, Gabe Irvin looks very strong to me. Look at those oh – God, his shoulders are freaking huge. Is he going to be able to my run? God. Is he going to be able to run? How do you run? buy clothes when you're that big? Like, when your muscles are that large, how do you buy clothes? I can barely Yikes. military press the bar. I can't believe those shoulders. <laughs> Holy crap. Yeah, is he going to be able Ugh. to run? My goodness. <laughs> Gabe Irvin struggled on the football field today. His muscles were too big. That's like what Jack 1960s coaches. They didn't want you looking like Gabe Irvin because they thought that it would make you a bad player because you couldn't run very fast. Maybe they were right right now. I kind of feel that way. Mm. I'm a little worried Mm. about his size. I'm a little worried about his size. I'm going to say that right now. (laughs) That's hilarious. I need a little someone a little more skinnier, a little less, a little less. uh, You want him to look like me. Yeah. I mean, look, uh, Barry Sanders wasn't jacked. Like that, at least. That's true. People forget. People forget. He did not have shoulders that looked like that. DW, Josh, he isn't buying those clothes. I think he just rolls into the equipment room and grabs shirts. Yeah, you're probably right. 
just rips them. Uh, and then uh, this was my original point was on the defense, but I got no idea, Josh. Le- I mean, legit, no, none, none. I have no idea what to expect. It's hard to be super optimistic, but then I look at the roster and I think the secondary is actually, there's a lot of guys I really like in the secondary. So how does that factor into my overall lack of certainty about the scheme and about the defensive line and about the linebackers, frankly? Uh, Jack, they're relying on like freshmen, it seems, on defense, like on the lines. Like, ugh, that's going to be tough. Yeah. See, like there's, there's, a, you know, you talk about best case, worst case. And I asked a question earlier of like, could you see them losing by 21 to Minnesota? And, and the way that you, you kind of hemmed and hawed and don't, don't really see it. I can, I can see a world where Minnesota just runs the ball down their throat for four quarters and they don't win, you know, 49 to seven, but they win 31 to 10, you know, or something like that. And it's just like, it's a, it's a tough hang because the lines just aren't good enough. Like I could see that happening. I guess so. Yeah. I don't know. Yes, the defense, the 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 defense. I think more so than the offense, as even though I just picked out two players for the offense that could go completely either way for me, high ceiling, low floor. The defense as a whole is like that for me. I wouldn't. No, they're not. I wouldn't yeah. say they're high ceiling, um, low floor. But but you know, there's a part of me that just wonders, man. Maybe there's some schematic things that are just going to screw screw other teams up. I think that's what I'm yes. hanging my hat on. I think that's going to happen. <laughs> Which I feel bad. That feels like a real shot in the dark, but like, that's kind of what I'm hoping is that. Like, don't you think, Jack, that there's a world where they are like, they make some plays in games and are like, whoa, they just had, you know, three takeaways, four takeaways. Like, that's why they beat Illinois. And yeah. then there's another game where they're like, oh shit, they just bit on that play action fake yes. three times and they got burned for touchdowns. Like, I could see that happening week to week. Yeah. Uh, somebody asked what we think about the defensive line uh, on the chat. Like Josh said, I mean, you are just concerned. It's just, and it's un, in, just it's inex- too young. super inexperienced. Got so many inexperienced yeah. guys are going to have to contribute. And, and, and I'm not even talking about, you know, you got a couple of freshmen in, in Prince. Well, and Leonard, then you got AJ Rollins who switched positions. Who's probably going to have to contribute Elijah Judy. Who's the transfer. Who's probably going to have to contribute? I mean, you're really just looking at Ty Robinson and and the Polar Bear as the guys, unless like Blaze Blaze Gunnarsson gets in the mix. Other than that, it's all new guys. So, yeah. who, I mean, and and not only new guys, but just inexperienced guys in college football playing that position, completely inexperienced. That's five guys, six guys I mentioned, right? F- mm-hmm. Five five guys or yeah. Um, no, well, Princewell, Cameron Lenhart, AJ Rollins, Elijah Judy, right? That's pro- those are probably the four that'll be the most involved in the defensive line, I would guess. And then, and then you go back to the linebackers, and I was a little bit bullish on it, but man, we had when I did the show with you. Remember, I talked to Sipple, um, and it sounds yes. like uh, it sounds like John Bullock is probably going to be playing in front of Nick Henrich is what Sipple gave us the sense of. And maybe that's out there and everybody knows that now, but man, if it, it, I was kind of, I was, I was, I kept thinking, well, it's Reimer, it's Henrich, it's Gifford. And then it's MJ Sherman coming in. And it's like, these are all guys. Now this at least is experienced. These are guys who have been solid at various times during their career. So I had some confidence, but when I heard that, that Bullock is going to likely come in and be a part of that starting group, 
I don't know what I think about that group anymore uh, than, than, than I did compared to what I did two months ago when we talked about this. Feel pretty good about the corners, right? Or the, the secondary in general? I, I think the secondary is underrated, I would say. Yeah. I, I think would, they're going to be solid. I would say the secondary is underrated and and probably by far the best position group on the team. Like, I don't even think that's... Yeah, yeah no, I think you're right. Yeah, for sure. I mean, Newsom and Hartsog, completely confident in. Completely confident in those two guys at the corners. Um, you know, I think Buford's going to... I think he was solid, but I think he'll improve. You still got Miles Farmer on the team. Um, bring Omar Brown in. He's got. He's a super experienced guy, too. I don't know. I feel. I feel really. I feel like you've got solid guy on solid guy at that position group, um, and you have. Just, yeah. So it's just like, can they get help in the front in the front seven? Just the opposite on the defense, get- and maybe one of those freshmen is going to be a stud. You know, maybe one of those newcomers yeah. is going to be. I mean, you talk about best case scenario in terms of individuals on the defense. I'll tell you what that looks like right now, and that's um, and that's like either probably Princewell. Um, and and AJ Rollins are way better at this point at an either a new position or just starting than we thought they were. MJ Sher- MJ Sherman is a stud and maybe the player on the defense, the best player on the defense, right? All over the place. That's probably the other big thing that you could if you had those two things, I would have a lot more confidence. But those are going to be a couple of keys I think for me. Clint says if we can, uh if we need help we can always get Jane Francois from the portal. Uh, what a name that is from the past. Did oh, you yeah, see I that Jackie he went entered back the to UCF and then <laughs> Yeah, was, yeah, you went into the portal. Yeah, and Tommy Hill he asked if Tommy oh. Hill would play. I mean, I don't know if he's in the mix to be like a nickelback. I don't know how they're gonna organize again, this goes to the scheme too a little bit, but Newsom and Hartsog are locked down right now, right? As your as your corner. Yeah. So Tommy Hill obvious Tommy Hill obviously isn't gonna be one of the first two, but you know, maybe they bring him in a nickel situation, but you got a lot of, you know, you got you got Omar Brown, you got Miles Farmer, you got Buford out there. Um, yeah, I I don't know. I don't. He's he's probably the number the number three or four corner overall, I would guess. So to the extent that they're playing three or four cornerbacks, you'll see him. I would think. And then special teams, like I think they're going to have. I think Alvano's going to start, so I think it'll be him at kicker. Oh, really? I do. I do. Yeah. I think he's going to win the That's job. Cool. That's yeah. Cool. And I, I like, so you just hope that they're, you know, better. You hope that they have, I mean, Bushini they can solid. control field position a little bit. Right. Look, I like Bushini. That's good. Right. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. Billy, Billy Kemp's going to return everything. It sounds like, I mean, it'd be nice to see them get some yards. Wouldn't it on a, Gosh. on a punt? Yeah. You know? Yeah. Josh, the bar is pretty low to be better at special teams. Eric, Man, they can't be worse. Can they? It would make a huge difference. Yeah. Again, and, and and we can go through all these things and we can talk about experience and we can look at Minnesota's roster, but doggone it, if they can be better in turnovers and special teams, that's going to make such a difference just on its own. And that's why, like, to do this whole exercise, we just kind of went through the roster, you know, position by position, talking about how talented they are or aren't. Um, a lot of it is going to come down to, if you are, if, if we're all kind of in agreement, and I think for the most part in the club we are on this, that they are not, like, super-duper loaded and that they have a lot of question marks. How do you make up for that? Well, a playmaker like a Jeff Sims, that would, of course, yep. be a big part. That's If they can hold on to the ball, though, and they can get a couple takeaways themselves. Like that, that's where it's going to come down to is, can they just not be dumb, and can they cause the other team to be dumb? Like that would be massive yeah. if they were able to do it. Just allow them to make up for a lot of deficiencies. Here's the question, and, and it was what Furl said, coaching. 
How does coaching manifest it with a team that we just described that is, you know, a lot of question marks? Is it, is it that you're going to get more out of guys like Sims? Is it going to be in-game decisions? Like, what are you excited about? Rule. I mean, I think we're excited about him not making the same mistakes that we saw previously, but like, how exactly does his presence impact what, you know, what we've just identified as the talent level of this team and how will that manifest itself? I don't know what the answer to that is, but that'll be really interesting to see. And maybe it's just the way they play, right? Maybe it's not making yeah. mistakes. Maybe, and maybe it does manifest itself in better special teams and turnover and penalties, those types of things. Yeah, I think it's a team like score more points in the second half than the first. You know, I think that you could you could go with that. You could say it's a team that's better at the end of the season than the beginning. And like I I know I'm doing like super fifty thousand foot view stuff. If if we're just talking about like how does good coaching show itself? I think because a lot of people, Eric said, in game adjustments. I think you can always yes, start with that. It, it, like you know, it's just it's a team that improves yeah. from first half to second, and it's a team that you know like. Look, I thought poor coaching often showed itself with it wasn't just Jack that they had like bad decisions or like bad penalties. They did some of the dumbest shit I have ever seen <laughs> on the football field in the last five, six years, right? Like I, I was listening to it some pod this week. Oh, is it twenty four seven? And BC brought up the Cam Taylor Britt safety um oh, God, against I Illinois. About that. It's oh. like that is such an idiotic football play. Like it makes no sense. And so like that type, like I I'm talking about a low bar to clear right now, but just not doing just atrociously dumb stuff. Right. If there's suddenly like a team where we're like, wow, you know, like they didn't really do a whole lot of dumb crap. Like I think that right. we're going to give a lot of credit to Matt rule for that. Can that make up for not having playmakers or, or guys yes. who we don't, you know, how much yes. and how much can it cover that? Up? Yeah. It was, it was a quote I put on the football channel Sam McEwen had said something, and I'm completely paraphrasing, so Sam, don't get mad at me. But he said something like, I see Nebraska. He said, first of all, I said Nebraska has a super inexperienced roster, which I wouldn't say that necessarily. I mean, they've got a decent amount of he, Didn't he describe it as super inexperienced roster at Nebraska? Wasn't yeah. that what it was? I don't know. I still don't really feel that way, though. They're returning starters. Listen, the offensive line is is pretty much back. I mean, it's not inexperienced isn't the critique that I've got for it necessarily, although some of it is, but nonetheless, I mean, his point was, was he's still making the same point. I think we are about the players. He said, you look at the players, he said they're inexperienced, but I would say they're overall issues. And you think, yeah, five wins, maybe, you know, maybe if you're lucky, you get six. He said, but you think you look at, you think about the coaching and the schedule and you think it's going to be more than that. And what wins out in that battle, Right. The the inexperience, the lack of playmakers, the 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 guys who are who are have to develop versus coaching strength of schedule. And that's gonna be a big question in this whole thing. I obviously like to focus on strength of schedule. You do. You've talked about it a couple of times over the years. I have. I went back today and looked at uh Kalakanakawas or uh, Minnesota's quarterback. Kalik Manis. Kalik Manis. I went back and looked up his, uh, because uh, Courtney was saying, well, he's more t- more talented than Taller, more, uh, Tanner Morgan. I was like, is he? And he was like, well, I don't know for sure, but I trust the recruiting services. So I looked up their recruiting profiles. And Tanner Morgan was the number five or number six player in Kentucky. He was ranked four spots ahead of Desmond Ritter coming out of high school, which is really funny. What? Yeah. Wow. They were about the same. They were about the same. And, and uh, the Kalamanakis guy uh, is was number the number 10 player in Illinois. Okay. Yes. Jesse Katsopoulos, yes. 
<laughs> Have mercy. Sorry, that was terrible. I'm sorry, my nose is so stuffed up as you can Dude, I can hear. tell. Are you okay? Yeah, it's just just stuffy nose. It's like it feels like it's it's a little early for allergies. This is usually how I feel two months from now in September. Just yeah. nose running constantly. But I feel fine. I'm totally fine. Are you excited to have like a weekend in America where you're not traveling? Like, are you yeah. doing anything this weekend? You gonna relax? What am I doing this weekend? I don't even know. I gotta mow the lawn. Nice. Um, I don't know what else. Dude, wait till wait till we get to uh, wait till we get to the pot on Saturday morning, and you ask me what I'm doing on Saturday. You're gonna be oh, totally wow. jealous, totally Jeez. jealous. Yeah, it's your new kink. Hey, Josh, what are you doing? I just and then I tell you, and you're slowly. like, oh. I would like you to describe it to me hour by hour this time. Oh, just take I'll do that. I, I will give you the hour, hour by hour, hour rundown hour. on Saturday. Just having a great time with friends, hitting breweries, oh, going man. to movies, going to a baseball game. Uh, no, I don't want to ruin my oh, weekend, okay. Jack. No, thank you. Game. No, to, thank you. Going to Funplex. You know, I don't know what you're doing. Funplex, fun Jesus. Uh, before we go, I do want to give, and, and you gave him a little shout out the other day, uh, which by the way, you very much enjoyed your pod with Johnny. Oh, Highly recommend you. people listening. <laughs> thank so you funny. for everyone who I took John, I, Johnny got a kick out of the fact that he was excited that yeah. people like, yeah. him, even though he doesn't ever come on the discord anymore. Yeah. Um, so, so, uh, thank you to, to him. Also, uh, a big thanks to Robbie who did literally every show that, that we were, uh, that you were gone for. And Jeez. then that we did the one with Happer too. So. Uh, thanks to them for, uh, for, for sitting in. Um, and I was going to thank one more person. Oh, I hope I, it seemed like Jack, that people enjoyed our recorded, uh, story time episode. So that was nice too. I forgot what was in it. And so I had to go through the comments and try to interpret them because we were to figure out what it was. Yeah. We recorded it so long before it actually, ran. it was a while ago. Yeah. But that was, that was good. Uh, great to be back everyone. And one more time. Now that we are at the, what I described as the bottom of the barrel sports wise, uh, in the coming weeks, it's going to be up here, uphill from here. Um, thanks for hanging with us through this summer. We're now back. Um, and I don't know, Josh, you going anywhere here in the next few weeks again? Or? Yeah, I'm a traveling <laughs> next weekend. I will be gone next week. The weekend after Saturday. So a week from Saturday. Yeah. And then my wedding will be next month. So yeah, I will still be missing a few more shows, but, um, but once football season arrives and we're all back together for the rest of the year. Yes. We got to start putting yeah. up. We gotta, we'll put a schedule together here pretty soon for the Colorado games. We'll probably start yes. doing Colorado games on Wednesday nights unless there's something we need to talk about. So we'll do that for a couple of weeks. And I think Josh and I are going to get together this weekend and kind of discuss some of the things we have to nail down for our changes after one year. Um, and, and again, nothing that you guys aren't going to like, but we're trying to fix some of the issues that are happening uh, with various yes. things and then come up with some new stuff too for you yeah. guys. So we'll, we'll probably roll that out here in the coming, coming days. Do we have a board meeting scheduled for July, Josh? Yes, that's uh, it's next. It's uh, on Monday actually. So this coming Monday. Yeah, about, yes. The 17th. Well then maybe hopefully we'll, we can maybe roll some of it out for the first time there for our board members and then talk about it more maybe on Wednesday. So yeah. Yeah. Cool. Indeed. Cool. 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 All right. That's it, I guess, then. Okay. That was a great podcast. Was it? That I fun? had fun. Oh, yeah. I had fun, too. I, you I know cool. how much I love going through rosters and talking about players and talking about actual games and players and it's that awesome. kind of stuff? I Dude, we're it. so close. Seven weeks from right now, Freaking Nebraska love. will be down by three points to Minnesota with the football. Man, I can't wait. Huskers returned 69% nice. of their production from 2022. 
according to a, nice. a nice. very nice screen grab by Steve Very Rogers. nice. Look at that screen grab with the font and the ease of reading. It's really nice. Yeah, he's awesome. Really? Oh, that's uh, that's the athletic man. That's some good font right there. Well, that's I have to pay. You'd have to pay for that stuff normally. I'm you getting, do. I'm getting you that do. Free of charge right now. Sorry, Mitch. Nice. Now I <laughs> wouldn't have known the sixty nine percent. Nice. Again. Right. Cool. All right. Hey, one last time for those who are listening for uh, not not in the uh, not in the club. You can be in the club. You want to be in the club in the football season. It's not going to cost you a ton. Uh, you can go three dollars a month and just get the podcast, or you can go five dollars a month and uh, be completely involved in the Discord, see the live shows, watch the live shows, watch parties in the fall of live football games, uh, live discussions, uh, watch our Nebraska Colorado Be Kind Rewind series that is coming up. Uh, it's only two dollars more, and uh, I think most of the club people will tell you it's worth it. But do either, whatever works for you. Just go to Patreon.com, IAD Club. And there's more info there. Josh, we'll talk to you Saturday morning. All right. Sounds great. All right. See y'all later, podcasters. Bye.